Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show. On the Blackhawks Radio Network, here's Joe Brand. Who would have thought that the weather conditions would have been the smoothest transition for the Edmonton Oilers in Chicago as Edmonton does pick up two points tonight, but the Blackhawks make them sweat for a solid 60 minutes. Another solid 60 minutes played by Luke Richardson's team. Unfortunately, they do fall by a goal, but to the very last moment here at the United Center tonight. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. This is exactly the type of mindset and mentality and work ethic that this team needs to get through all the adversity that they're facing right now with missing so many players, with missing most of their top-tier talent And they nearly grabbed at least a point against one of the hottest teams in the Edmonton Oilers tonight at the United Center. Let's head on upstairs and bring in our pal Troy Murray. He's on the call with John Weidman tonight. And Troy, I thought it was a solid 40 minutes played by the Hawks, but the last 20 was probably the most resilient. They definitely got an extra jump once they correctly challenged the goal call that started the third period. It'd be a much different game had that that goal not been overturned. But good on the Hawks for riding some more momentum and uh, really giving the Oilers a run for their money in the final moments. Yeah, if you look at the Blackhawks, they outshot the Oilers 9-4 to and 12-3 to in the last two periods. They did have some really good looks, and they were tenacious. Edmonton had a hard time getting out of their own end of the ice because of the pressure for the Blackhawks. I thought the first period, the Oilers had some cycle going. They spent some offensive zone time, but the Hawks, you know, able to withstand that that pressure and kept them to the outside for the majority of it. Peter Mrazek came up with the big saves when he needed to. And this was, a, I agree with you, a solid 60 minutes in the third period. I don't know if the Blackhawks have outshot somebody 12-3 to in a period this year. And, and really, I think this is only the eighth time this year the Blackhawks have outshot their opponent. So an excellent job taking on the, one of the NHL's, if not the NHL's hottest team, and uh, keeping them to, to two goals against. I think they were third or fourth coming into the, the game in goals four, so they did an excellent job in, in that department. Uh, just a solid effort all around. Got to give it to the guys. I mean, you know, results not uh, the way you want them to be, but you certainly gave it everything that you had. You had some opportunities. Uh, Rem Pitlick hit the post in the third period. That would certainly change the complexion of the game. Yeah, and this is an Edmonton Oilers team, as you were kind of getting at it, Troy. They've now outscored their opponents on their eight-game winning streak, 35-14, to 14, when, you, when you include tonight. And a handful of times we saw the Oilers kind of get their offense in motion. I mean, the way they cycle, the way they generate chances, it, you really see why they're on the roll that they're on right now. But it's not so much that the Hawks limited that, but they didn't let it, go throughout the entire game. It happened maybe towards the end of the first period, at the beginning of the second period, at the beginning of the third period, but they they never were able to get really in, in full motion with their offensive ceiling. And again, I think you got to credit that to hard work and just the right game plan played by the Hawks tonight. Yeah, you know, you're not going to 
shut them down completely. And you, you saw that in this game. You, you know, you gave Connor McDavid just a little bit of breathing room, and he just flew by everybody in the second period to score his 15th goal of the season. That little break and opportunity for McDavid is is what separates him from the the you know the players in, in today's game. He he can make the difference on just the smallest mistake. You give away a puck, you you turn something over or you just give him a little bit too much room to use his speed, and you're going to be in big trouble. I thought Dickinson and his line mates did an excellent job. They chip pucks in deep. Joey Anderson comes back in, and I thought he was really good. Blackwell continues to play strong, and you just look at the effort that those guys did against the, the NHL's top and the hottest line. Excellent job. And they shut the Edmonton Oilers down to only 15 shots on goal. Well done. Well, and how about some of the new guys, too? I mean, Zach Sanford putting on a couple of moves out there. Rem Pitlick with a couple of really good looks. Like you said, he hit the post in the third period. Uh, Jacob Megna with probably another solid game. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but, you know, over the past couple of years, we've seen Kyle Davidson have to make a lot of these moves where he picks guys up from other organizations that aren't getting uh, much playing time just because there's too much depth in whatever team that they're playing with. And, and they come in here and, and they do quite well. It's a small sample size with the guys we saw tonight, but Joey Anderson, Jason Dickinson, going back with Sam Lafferty, those aren't guys that have small sample size. I mean, so far, I think you got to give credit to Kyle Davidson for these types of moves that he's had to make. Had to make is, is, the, is the key there. You don't want to be a general manager and making these um, moves, but when you, you lose nine guys and you've depleted Rockford, you know, they've got to have guys. You've got to try and find some guys who are, you know, NHL experienced guys, and I, I talk about this all the time. It's a big difference between somebody coming up from the minors that, that doesn't have NHL experience. You, you pick up Pitlick and you pick up Sanford. Those guys have NHL experience. Uh, Sanford has played in the playoffs. He was with the, the, the St. Louis Blues when they won the Stanley Cup. So, you know, he understands what's going on there. I thought he was good in this game, and I agree with you. I thought Megna, another strong game, using his size and his reach to his advantage, not turning pucks over. He's making smart plays. Um, you know, and, and you know, you, 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 can, you can only do so much. You make a trade for Pitlick, who was playing in the minors. You pick up Sanford off waivers from the Arizona Coyotes. You know, you got to look at those opportunities. You can't make a blockbuster trade right now with everything that's going on. You certainly don't want to go into a panic mode or do something that's going to hurt your salary cap situation moving forward or, or tie yourself up with contracts that you don't want. So you've got to look at opportunities to find guys like Pitlick, find guys like Lafferty, and, and he has done an excellent job in that regards. Give the whole you know management staff, scouting staff, uh, a lot of credit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Joey uh, Anderson was was a guy, and he, he's really been right. effective here. I, I, for sure. I mean, yeah. him, him coming back, too, is just... just a huge spark plug, and we knew that he could provide that from what we saw from him last year and this year. Uh, Troy, as encouraging as it was to see what the Hawks did tonight against the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, their next matchup is against the Winnipeg Jets, who might even be a little bit hotter than the Edmonton Oilers right now. So as as good as tonight has been, they're going to have to bring it again in a couple of nights and on the road. Um, but but this has been a little bit more consistent now. Luke Richardson was talking about the last three games. He can now say the last four games where this team has been putting together a complete 60 minutes, and at least that's the trend that this team can kind of rely on right now until they start getting some pieces back, and hopefully that can just add to the punch. 
Well, you know what? You, you start sprinkling in one player, another player, another player as you move forward, and some guys get healthy. Seth Jones looks like he's the closest guy that's coming back to the lineup. If the team is continues to work as hard as they are right now, when these players come back in, they're going to have to buy into what's going on here. They can't change the game, you know, so they're going to have to fit right in and pick up the tempo to where the, the, the team itself is playing. And, and that's a really good thing because, you know, the, the players are sitting inside the locker room. Maybe they go into a suite to watch the game after they get a workout in, whatever it is. You know, they, they see how hard th- this team is working. They watch it on TV. They they understand what's going on right now, and you, you're going to buy into that. And once you come back into the lineup, it's important that you continue that trend. And then once you pick up your, your you know, more veteran players, your more skilled players that have played in the NHL, they have to have the same work ethic. And that is what separates the good teams from the average teams. The teams that have elite skilled players, if they don't work, it means nothing. And so the elite teams, and we saw this for so many years, the Blackhawks' key players, the seven guys that, that won the Stanley Cups uh, as a group, they were the hardest working guys uh, inside that locker room. There was nobody who trained harder or worked harder than Duncan Keith. So that is the culture that they're trying to bring you know, to the table right now. And I think they've done a, a pretty good job here in, in a tough season where a lot of things have gone wrong as far as the injuries and everything. But, you know, and, and you know, you talk about the next man up, whatever. you got to find that next man sometimes, and Kyle Davidson has done an excellent job, as you said, in doing that. Hawks will probably have a practice day tomorrow, then hit the road and get on the plane, go to Winnipeg, their next matchup against the Jets on Thursday. Uh, do you need extra security for those types of games, Troy, in Winnipeg, to fend off the paparazzi and, and all the fans that want an autograph? Yeah, captain? I think they canceled the parade because it's a little bit too cold <laughs> up okay, in Winnipeg right, right, right the now. Inclement but, uh, weather, weather region in, up yeah, there's, there, there's too? There's in, inclement weather up there wow. as well. So, you know, if you're driving home up in Winnipeg and you're letting happen, no, just kidding. Hey, I, I, I hope I'm not the first to tell you, too, Troy, that please drive safely on your way home tonight because we, it, it is some inclement weather that apparently is reaching Winnipeg, too. It can't be, can't be too careful. Well, we've been very lucky with the weather in Winnipeg. The last couple of years, I, I think, it hasn't been too bad. John's knocking on wood and nodding his head here. Um, I'm not sure what the weather is like up there, but uh, very likely that uh, it, it's cold and snow. Hockey weather, right? Hockey weather, that, that, that's exactly right. I like the I like the snow. I like the cold. I I, I enjoy it. I don't know if I like it, but I, I here there's there. no use at being cold without snow. Well, okay. that makes no sense. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. But uh, honestly, today I'd rather I'd rather deal with the sleet, I guess, rather than the snowflakes that stick to the ground and. And really make it difficult to get to work. But well, this was a heavy, wet snow that was coming down today. I'm not sure what it's like out right now, but I, I like the snow where you know it accumulates and it's nice and it's good. And every now and then it starts to melt and it's snowball season. All right. Well, we we got to get to Tom Skilling. He's he's hopping on the post game show too. He can give us a, a better diagnosis about these next couple of days. All right, pal. Great stuff. Fun game despite the loss, but definitely a type of performance we're hopefully going to see more with this team moving forward. Yeah, this is, you know, these type of games are are fun for John and I to call because the the effort is there. You're not fooling, you know, people at the United Center, they're great fans and they understand the game of hockey. If you don't come and work hard, 
they know that you haven't done it, and they appreciate the hard work that this team put in. They probably should have had better results in this game. They probably should have had better results in that game against New Jersey, but, you know, they're still struggling to find ways to put the puck in the back of the net, but the effort is certainly there. For sure. All right, pal. Good stuff. We'll talk to you in a couple of nights. Toodles. All righty. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call. And, yeah, it was a fun one. It was, uh, you know, we, we joke around a little bit. And, obviously, John in the right mind by saying, please be careful out there. Uh, yes, the weather was kind of atrocious on the way in. So just be a little extra patient. Give a little bit more of a cushion to the car in front of you. And uh, smooth sailing. We'll get you home. Again, the postgame show rolling until 11 o'clock here tonight on WGN Radio. 312-981-7200. I see some texts filing in already. Uh, give us a call if you'd like. we got to get to a break, though. Uh, Chris Foster's might pop by. He was in the building today, even though it was a national broadcast. Um, of course, we're going to hear from the Blackhawks dressing room and from head coach Luke Richardson as well. After this 2-1 loss to the Edmonton Oilers, Blackhawks postgame show until 11. Your calls and texts next, 312-981-7200, here on 720 WGN. 2-on-1 for the Hawks. Here's Dickinson in front. Shoots! He scores! And hit the back of the net in behind Skinner and ricocheted out. But the red light came on, and one of the game referees pointed at the back of the Euler net. It's a goal, and the Hawks lead 1-0. Every goal that he picks up moving forward this year will be a new career high for him. But uh, another thing of beauty is he continues to put together a very fine year with the Hawks. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. Troy gave Jason Dickinson the player of the game, but I'm going to give our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. i got to give it to Philip Kurashev. I mean, playing some volunteer goaltender towards the end of that third period. He, he made two saves and uh, denied Edmonton from getting the empty netter, kept the game alive. Unfortunately, the Hawks fall short 2-1 to one to the Edmonton Oilers, despite Despite a solid 60-minute effort. 312-981-7200. We've got a handful of texts and a handful of calls, so we'll get right to them. Uh, Joe is coming home from the game and wants to talk about the first power play unit. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I want to preface this by saying I like Coach Richardson. I think uh, he's part of the reason why uh, we're staying in games despite the uh, lack of talent with all the injuries. But why, why did we have a guy off the street on the power play one unit versus a uh, hot Jason Dickinson or... Radish or uh, Donato? Which guy are you talking about? I, I remind me. Pit, Pitlick. Okay. okay. Pitlick was on the PP one. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Joe, um, I I wanted to see Jason Dickinson on the power play earlier this year. I, I feel like you got to kind of reward him for how well he's doing, and he's also just kind of that bigger body presence. Uh, I'd like to see him get a little bit physical in there, and I, I wanted to see him even before all these injuries. He had a power play goal recently, exactly when kind of escapes me right now. I get what you're saying, but I, I don't know. I think that's something you got to ask the coaching staff. It might have something to do with uh, where he's, he's shooting from, um, because the fact that he hasn't been on the power play unit earlier in the year before all these injuries makes me think that they have some sort of uh, sequence, some sort of, of game plan that they felt Rem Pitlick was the right idea for that. Uh, I thought Pitlick had a good game tonight, though, too. I know that doesn't answer your question, but that's all I know, and I think it's a very valid question. Yeah, I appreciate it. Have a great night. All right, thanks. That's Joe calling home from the game. 312-981-7200. Let's go right down the line. John also was at the game and wants to talk about being able to finish. Do me a favor, John. Take me off speaker, turn down your radio, and go ahead. 
Uh, I hope you can hear me, uh, Joe. Can you hear me? I got you. I got you. Go ahead. Hey, yeah. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, they were so close, but they just couldn't finish. A lot of the plays that were there, and I think it might be because, you know, guys, you've been talking a lot about Picklick, but uh, I'm just not sure about that guy. (laughs) And uh, I, I think there's a lot of things they can do, but... You know what? They just need to finish. All they right. just need to finish the plays and get things on there. So, Happy New Year to you, man. All right. Happy New Year, John. Thank you very much for calling. Again, 312-981-7200. This was Rem Pitlick's first game with the Blackhawks. I'm not going to totally dissect his game or or feel the need to explain where the future of him being on this team should be. But, uh, yeah, you're right. They were short on finishing tonight. But, again, it's let's take a look at who they are missing right now. They're missing their best player in Connor Bedard. They're missing Nick Foligno. They're missing their best defenseman in Seth Jones. They're missing Tyler Johnson, Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, this was Joey Anderson and Taylor Radish's first game back after spending time on injured reserve. I, I do think you've got to pull the positives from this game, even though it was a 2-1 loss. Uh, we've got Max in Huntley wants to talk about adapting to injury. Go ahead, Max. You're on WGN. Max, hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Just curious. Um, obviously, the last game against Calgary, the Blackhawks were able to pull off a win there. Uh, even though they didn't win tonight against the Oilers, was pretty impressed by the performance. Just want to see what you guys thought about um, the Blackhawks adapting to play without a lot of their injured players, especially if you just mentioned it, Bedard, Flingo. How do you think the Blackhawks are doing without those players? All right. Thank you very much, Max. And again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Yeah, I think the main story of these past couple of games is the fact that this team has been able to put together this 60-minute effort without these guys. And we even saw that once they both went down in the New Jersey game. And I've mentioned it before. I said it on Blackhawks Live. I We had Charlie Romeliotis over here in the radio booth after a game, and we talked about it on his podcast, that this is the kind of identity this team had a lot of last season, a full 60 minutes, a hard-working effort, making other teams not have an enjoyable time playing the Blackhawks. And that includes some of the best teams in the NHL, like the Edmonton Oilers were coming into tonight's game. I know they're not exactly in the standings where they'd like to be right now, but after tonight's win, they're 21-15-1. They're one of the hottest teams in the NHL. I think only Florida is hotter with in terms of a, an eight-game winning streak. Edmonton also just on fire since making their head coaching change. They're now 16-3-0 since November 24th, and this is kind of a situation where Luke Richardson just seems to excel. He's able to bring together a team that on paper isn't as talented as the other team. Yet, he, he's still able to to get them to show a full 60 minutes and a hard-working effort. And tonight might have been one of their best performances because they were missing a bunch of those guys. But as Troy mentioned, once they start to come back, and again, I, I can see how this can work in the Hawks' favor, but it's still a little tricky because they need to make sure that hard-working effort is still there. And when Seth Jones comes back, and when Tyler Johnson and Nick Foligno and Connor Bedard come back, it's it's all got to be still the same type of game plan. And that can be tricky because Connor Bedard's got a lot of talent. Nick Foligno's got a lot of talent offensively. This, this team right now is working on just simple 
grinding hockey. I thought the beginning of the game was perfectly played by the Hawks because they were being outshot like 4-2, to two, but they were just hanging out around Edmonton's blue line and just dumping the puck in. It wasn't like high-quality shot after high-quality shot. They were just being kind of a nuisance to the Edmonton Oilers and not allowing them to get their offensive rhythm. And then before you know it, Jason Dickinson strikes on a chance and he scores. And it ended up being a huge swing in the beginning of the game for the Hawks. That's the type of game this team is going to need to play without all these guys. And then once they come back, then it'll be interesting to see how they adapt. Hey, we got a treat for you. Chris Foster has just popped by. we got to get to a break, though. We'll talk with Chris, what he saw from the game, and then we'll hear from the Blackhawks dressing room. We'll hear from Luke Richardson, and we'll also hear more from you. 312-981-7200. Seeing some more text file in as well. Uh, keep them coming. Blackhawks postgame show after a 2-1 loss to Edmonton. 720 WGN. Again, they outshot the Edmonton Oilers. And more importantly, they outshot them in the final two periods, really gave them a run for their money in the third. However, they do fall 2-1 to the final here from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. We're going to get to the phone lines once again in just a moment, but uh, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join. Television voice of the Chicago Blackhawks, Chris Foster's just popped in. What's up, bud? Hey, man. Good to be with you. Had a quieter night with the telecast on ESPN Plus and Hulu, so... It was an opportunity to take in the game from a different vantage point, and I agree. I thought it was a hard-fought game. It was a bummer that they couldn't get a, a second or third goal to go in, but the compete, the grit, the resilience was there, and I think that was reflected in head coach Luke Richardson's message post-game. There's some things to build on. Yeah, you mentioned that he said that we'll probably get a timetable of Connor Bedard tomorrow. That was the last thing he said, actually, wow. and it was during the lead. During the lead, yeah, journalism 101. <laughs> but yes, he was, in his defense, he was asked about it almost on his way out of the room and, and did say that they're hoping to have a, a timeline for Connor Bedard's return from his fractured jaw tomorrow. Of course, Connor might wake up in the morning and that gets changed or we, we don't learn anything tomorrow True. after the Blackhawks practice. But as it stands right now, we're, we're hoping to get some news about just how long he'll be out. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Dennis was at the game. He's on his way home and wants to talk more about the power play. Go ahead, Dennis. You're on WGN. Dennis, you there? Yeah. Hey, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Go ahead. What's your point? I'm good. Hey, here's the point. I want to talk about Vlasic. Okay, Vlasic was probably the best player on the ice tonight. We're not talking about him coming out at the end of all the power plays and creating more more chances than anybody. It was He's just a phenomenal defenseman. He's smooth, no panic, nothing. Dennis, thank you very much for the call. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. I, I totally agree with you, Dennis, about... Alex Vlasic fitting in on this roster. I'm looking at the score sheet, and once again, Alex Vlasic led this team with time on ace. 22 minutes and 19 seconds. He did so last game. He played almost 25 minutes last game, and that wasn't even a season high for him. I'm going to play devil's advocate for you, uh, unfortunately, on the power play, though, because I, I think... Luke still wants Kevin Korczynski to grow more on the top power play unit. He's a very highly skilled offensive defenseman, so I think they want to see him excel in that regard a little bit more and just get used to playing on that top power play unit. Keep in mind, Seth Jones is out uh, once he leaves or once he comes back. 
Um, it'll probably go back to Jones and then maybe Korchinski again. The whole Zaitsev thing, I think, has kind of been working. Um, but also, the entire power play has just been a complete scramble over these past couple of days. But I don't want to knock on Alex Vlasic. He's been, Troy and I have called him the most consistent defenseman on this Hawks team. Would you agree, Chris? Especially defensively, and look, it, it's really hard to play NHL defense, and at 22 years old, he's been the most consistent defenseman for the Hawks. His first full season in the NHL, and coming into tonight, plus eight on a team with a 12, now 27, and two record. Very impressive defensively, and I agree with Dennis, our caller, his skating ability in particular, very impressive. I mean, because he's 6'6", he doesn't have yeah. sort of that rapid foot speed that you see other burners have but the guy can get up ice because his strides are so long and his gap technique is excellent we've heard Blackhawks assistant coach Kevin Dean praise him for that so he's got a very very bright future there are a couple plays I think it was towards the end of the second period where he used his his reach just his ability to stretch out to keep the play alive in Edmonton zone and uh, to help knock a play out of the Hawks zone. Uh, we've got another Devils advocate. It's Zeke coming home from the game and completely disagrees with us. Go ahead, Zeke. You're on WGN. Hey, good evening. I, I just think you're extremely charitable when you're talking about a great work ethic, at least work effort going on in the game tonight. I didn't really see it that way. Like, I turned to my partner at the game and I said, ah, they look like they've been, they're playing their fifth game in three days or something like that. I mean, it was... They, they just didn't look into it. And, and I'm sorry, but any time you're a, a goal down in the third period, five minutes to go in the third period, you have a power play, and you don't get any shots off? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to be supportive of the team. I know you do too, but, boy, they I don't know. They didn't look like they were really churning and grinding it out tonight. Okay, well, Zeke, really quick, other than the power play example, other than the eye test, can you provide any other examples why you think that the Hawks didn't have a hard-working effort tonight? Well, I mean, I guess the eye test would be, I mean, that's all I had because that's all I was there was watching it with my eyes. Um, but, uh, I mean, they, they, the, the insanity when they pulled the, the goalie and everybody was you know, making plays to keep the puck out of the net for the third goal, uh, that was fantastic. But... It was just a, you know, it was a fleet fest in the the first part, you know, almost through the whole second period and first part of the third, most of the third. I mean, it's just, you know, you said dump and chase. It's like a lot of dump, not a lot of chase, so... All right, Zeke. Hopefully next time. We'll get him next time. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, Zeke. Appreciate the call. 312-981-7200. Listen, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I'm not saying Zeke's wrong. Um, it kind of is their fifth game, <laughs> right? I mean, with the, with the cast characters that have, that have been playing now, I mean, this is the first time that this entire unit has played together with guys like Rem Pitlick making his Blackhawks debut. Um, I mean, it, it's everyone, every man on board for this type of effort. It, it, it's taking everyone right now. I would agree, and, and to the point about the power play, definitely the, Zeke makes a great point. The last power play of the game for the Hawks was disappointing. That felt like a, a great moment for the Hawks to tie the game. The penultimate power play, the one before that, which I think was earlier in the third period, I, I thought they had some great chances. I agree. And it's important to remember, and you just touched on this, Joe, just how different the power play has looked even – from the weekend when the Hawks were in New York and New Jersey, it, it's been the power play specifically has been 
where I think the most turnover has been for the Blackhawks <laughs> lineup-wise. And, and the people that I was watching the game with, the comment was made, how, how different does this Blackhawks power play look than the one at the start of the season? I to mean, which almost every replied, guy. To which someone replied, how about last week? So <laughs> the power play, I, I think just give the power play a little bit of time to get its footing. I think I think there were some positives in the game, but look again, to the, to the point made on the phone, you know the the Oilers won this game two to one, and they're the better team. And they, and they're saying to themselves, "Man, that was an ugly game." Yes. Oh okay. God, yes. So it's it, it is a little bit about perspective, right? The Hawks again come in with the second fewest points in the in the NHL, and we're we're looking for thing looking through things through a different lens than yep. than the Edmonton Oilers are right now. So of course, a loss is a loss. Not trying to manufacture or, or fabricate points where there where there aren't any, but. There, there definitely were, I, I think, still some positives to build upon. One more call, and then we got to get to a break. It's Mike in Oak Lawn with a couple of questions. Uh, try to make them brief, Mike. How's the south side? Hey, Joe, doing great. I'm already back in Oak Lawn. Uh, traffic was nice. Hey, uh, where you're sitting, you're a little higher than me in a 300 level. Did the Hawks almost put about four goals in there? Looks like we, you know, we're in the crease a few times, a couple chips just missing the net. Well, Ren Pitlick uh, definitely hit the team. post, uh, and I don't know if you're talking about uh, towards the end of the third period or not, Mike. I actually come downstairs at that point, but I mean, Pitlick hit the post. Uh, there was that near goal after Dickinson's in the first period where they had to actually review it and never did go over the crease. Um, and, and then there were a, a few on the power play in the second period, too. Uh, there was, I forget, I think it was Pitlick's pass to Gutman right in front of Skinner, and he just kind of shot it wide. But I, I, that's one instance yep. where I'm okay with the pass. But I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, I'm agreeing with you. Any other questions, I'm agreeing Mike? with you there. Uh, it's good effort. All right, so your team, good effort as Great well? Great effort tonight. <laughs> Oh, yeah, great effort tonight, and I like the uh, comment on Vlasic. Uh, hopefully he's our next Duncan Keith. And, I agree. Uh, see I you agree. next game, buddy. All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mike. That's Mike in Oakland, 312-91-7200. Uh, we got to get to another break, but uh, thanks for popping by, pal. Do you want to hang around a little bit more? I'm down. i got nowhere, nowhere else to be. All right, a few more texts, and uh, we'll try to get to some postgame sound if we can as well. Blackhawks fall to the Oilers 2-1. to one. It's the Hawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Kulak into the Hawks zone, drops it off Ernie. He sends it in front, and a shot from in front is gloved out of the air by Peter Morazic. Following up on the shot was Hamblin. Boy, he was 10 feet out in front of the net, aiming for the top left corner, and Peter Mrazek beat him with the leather. Save of the game for the Hawks. With another solid performance, unfortunately, the Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers 2-1. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're wrapping things up until 11. Uh, Do have a few texts I want to get to, but uh, Chris Fosters has popped into the postgame booth here. Chris, I want to ask you about the goaltending a little bit because this is the first time we haven't had to elaborate on Peter Mrazek or Arvid Sutterbloom. And uh, I feel like, and I, I don't want to think too far ahead, but just based on what the Hawks have done with Sutterbloom, it almost seems like we might see Mrazek in net for the next couple of nights, maybe until San Jose. I know Arvid's been trending in the right direction, and that's been great. I think that's been huge for him and the Hawks organization with what they want to do, but... Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that, on what we might see coming up? Well. Sorry. There we go. No problem. 
Peter Peter Morazic again a really impressive performance against a, an Edmonton Oilers team on a seven game heater and anytime I think you hold Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl and company to two goals that's really impressive and I think Morazic's numbers are especially given the Hawks place in the standings right now are are really really respectable I thought that Charlie Romeliotis for NBC Sports Chicago had a great article that came out today detailing how good of a fit Chicago really has been for Peter Morazic. And this is a guy that came into his Blackhawks tenure two summers ago now with a reputation for being injured a lot and, and, and with persistent groin injuries in particular. And, and Blackhawks fans saw that with him missing time last season in his first season with the Hawks. But in his article and in his interview with Charlie, Peter gave a lot of credit to the Blackhawks training staff, said that they have really found a, a technique and a, a regimen that works for mm. getting his body not only ready to go, but getting his body recovered for his next start. So I know that there was a little bit of trepidation at the beginning of the season having Morazic string too many consecutive starts together because of his injury past, but it seems like so far, through half a season anyway, they've really solved his issue, and, and he's playing the best goaltending that he's played in a while. So I think the that, that Morazic has certainly earned the right to be the Blackhawks' go-to goalie and handle a, a, st- a true number one workload, and if he thinks that his body can handle it, then I, I think the Blackhawks are certainly ready to put him out there on a consistent and regular basis yeah I would agree it it seems like they're transitioning to more of a goaltender one goaltender two situation rather than one a and one b want to roll through these texts as quickly as I can uh Devin from Payless Hills asking about the Cutter Gauthier trade uh Jack Heinrich and I actually talked about that on Blackhawks Live you can find that on the podcast um whole bunch to get into there I I I really don't want to jump into it right now yeah go ahead I just want to say one thing about that you know you've got Cutter Gauthier, you know, 19 years old, hasn't played in an NHL game yet. You've got him saying where he wants to play in the NHL. Compare that with Blackhawks' number one overall draft pick, Connor Bedard, who seconds after getting drafted in his first interview after the Hawks draft him, he's practically on the draft stage in Nashville, you've got him saying, well, I just hope I make the team. Yeah. I mean, I think Blackhawks fans should really be That's mindful a good point. of That's that. That's a very good point. That contrast in personality, and I, I just, when I thought about that, I was like, man, the Hawks are, are lucky to have this guy. Uh, Adam in Romeoville wants to talk about Lucas Reichel. Uh, I agree with you, Adam. I still think there's something missing. I, I, I've been seeing a little bit of some baby steps from him in the right direction, but definitely still some more. 815, why don't they call up Colton Dock? Pretty sure Colton Dock is still in concussion protocol, but uh, yeah, it, it might. it's another example of them not wanting to jump too quickly. Chris, thanks for doing this. Thanks for popping in. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Uh, next game preview is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. The Hawks in Winnipeg. That will be on Thursday, 7 o'clock puck drop, 6.30 FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show. Blackhawks Hockey's been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to our production crew of Brendan Rook and Michael DeLonardis and the captain, the tireless Krista Flores. Jack Heinrich was our reporter. 
Paul Zarang, the Hall of Fame engineer, John Weidman, and Troy Murray had the call. And big thanks to Chris Foster for popping by on the postgame show. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. I'm Joe Brand. Hawks fall to Edmonton 2-1. to Have a great rest here Tuesday night, everybody. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.